This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Hello there, and welcome back to the Behold podcast, if you're someone who listens regularly. And hey, maybe it's your first time, in which case, we are thankful you're here. Welcome. We're excited to have you with us for this next little chunk of time here on Behold. My name is Sean, and as always, my faithful, what's a good uh, heralding sentence? Compadre. Compadre. Yeah. I was going more for like a hero. Anyways, D'Angela, everybody. And I can see her in the reflection of this window right here, the the personification of grace, Connie Johnson. Hello. But also, can't you just see her if you just turned your head to the right and just, <laughs> just looked at her? I like having doubles with more. It's even better. Double, double is more. That is true. Wow. That is true. Connie. Yes. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. You look well. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. How was, um, how was the, the uh, women's equip? Uh, I guess it was two weekends ago by now, but um, was it two weekends ago? Was I, it one you know what? Ago? It's Time a blur. Flies. But I heard some amazing things about it. Uh, you guys had a, had a, 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 a keynote guest speaker. guest speaker, yes. Yeah, it was really wonderful. The Lord was incredibly kind and um, Sharon Collard spoke about cultivating content- contentedness in our hearts, irrespective of circumstances. And I've heard such good things. Uh, In fact, little groups forming afterwards um, to practice it, you know, on a weekly basis and having a Thanksgiving notebook and, Mm. you know, all these things. So um, I'm very grateful to Sharon, shout out to Sharon and for her preparation and presenting such a beautiful time. And we had a testimony by Val Darnell and that was really special. And uh, recitation, actually, um, by Dana Norton and yours truly. That's right. <laughs> wow. That's really cool, actually. Why don't, you, why don't you explain to everybody? I got to edit that audio a little oh, bit, yeah. so I got to hear, hear uh, just this cool um, kind of back and forth between you and Dana. Yeah. It, explain what you guys did and what was the thought process behind that. Um, so, I, you know, as some of you know, Dana and Jeff Norton um, took over the recitation ministry when Tom Griffin left for Germany. And uh, so I know Dana's always memorizing something. And so I asked her one day, I'm like, what are you memorizing? And she said, oh, I'm memorizing Hannah's prayer in for Samuel. And I said, oh, I'm memorizing Mary's Magnificat, which is in Luke. And um, I believe they're very similar. They're very parallel. I mean, yeah. obviously Mary had studied Hannah's prayer. She studied her Old Testament and she kind of knew it. Yeah. Um, anyway, I just said that one kind of off offhandedly. And so a couple weeks later, she said, you know, would be great if you and I recited that at the Women's Equip. Wow. That's so cool. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> but yeah. then she weaved it together. She did a beautiful job and it's exactly 10 verses, both of them. And it mm. weaves together really amazingly. And so we kind of went back and forth and and it was really, you know, if you think about um, Hannah, she was giving up um, Samuel to the Lord. Yeah. That was the time when she gave up Samuel to the Lord. And then for Mary, this is the time when she was pregnant with the Lord. And so both of their situations from the outside, you might think, oh, wow, these are hard situations. But yet they both exalted in the Lord Mm -hmm. in the midst of that. Well, there's a lot of surrender in that, you know, and just just saying, okay, I I, I trust your way, God, and 
<clears throat> it looks a lot different than what I thought things how things were going to go. But but I'm trusting you, and and uh, I'm sure that has a lot to do with con- contentment and, and developing that kind yeah. of a heart. Was it t- was it difficult to kind of you know go back and forth? <laughs> like, did you get it kind of mixed up at all? Or okay, how, the how first time she and I practiced it, it was funny because I'm like, oh, I have this thing down. I know it. Soon as she and I were practicing, she says her line. Yeah. And then I look at her and I'm like, I have no idea where I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was a completely different way of trying to memorize it because yeah. it's not just going through it. You had to like remember when she would stop. You had to remember where you stopped and start again. Wow. So it was, it was, it wasn't that hard, but it was different. I was surprised. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have the audio of it. If you guys, if anyone ever wants to hear it, beholders out there, just send us a little note and we'll we'll be happy to send it to you. It was, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. Mm, thanks. Wow. For those that haven't heard, I heard there's another big family event in your life recently. Is that true? Oh, yes. <laughs> Alex and Kelly uh, got engaged. Wow. I know. Um, right before uh, he left us for Liberty University in Virginia. So, so rude. So rude uh, it, was all, it was all too much. I know. <laughs> I know. It was a birthday, an engagement. I know. Moving away. I know. The nerve. I know. I know. You raise them up and this is what they do to you. Wow. <laughs> it it was it's beautiful. We love Kelly. I think it's a really good um a match for them and totally. the Lord has really brought them together and protected them and so yeah, so they're off. They're both in Virginia now and we get pictures of their convocation together and their meals together at the dining commons. It's really cute. That's they're like cool. little college sweethearts. Yeah, that's really fun. I love that is it. It's cute. Well, it's great to have you with us, Connie. Um, Thank you. Do you, uh, we'd love to, to just kind of just go over some things. We had, a, we had an amazing Sunday here at the Crossing Campus, uh, a single service, special Sunday that we get to do uh, once or twice a year where the student ministries, high school, middle school, and children's ministries basically just take over the Sunday morning experience. And we get to hear about everything that God's been doing in their ministries. We get to hear just ways that he's been using the trips and uh, the the lessons that he's been teaching them. And we get to hear their, their band and uh, we get to hear from Stephen a lot of times who is uh, the pastor to high school students and their families. And, and so we thought we'd just kind of recap uh, a little bit of what Stephen shared um, on Sunday. So for those that missed out, um, Connie, will you just tell us a little bit, where did Stephen go? What, what was his, what was his message kind of, in the midst of that service. Yeah. Well, before even Stephen came up, remember Luke came up and then he yeah. showed us, I mean, he kind of um, led us through how to actively read the Bible, um, asking yeah, ourselves, you know, the who, mm-hmm. what, why, how questions, which I think we, I mean, I don't do this every time either, not by a long shot, but just really being purposeful when we go to the word to not just be passive readers, but be yeah. active readers, you know? And so I thought that was really, uh, it, it's always uncomfortable when he says like, turn to your people and next to you and start telling, you know, yeah. but I do think there's such value in doing that kind of exercise yeah. to really practice. How do, how do we go to the word with active hearts to want to learn? Mm. So that was great. And then, and then Stephen came up and really, um, kind of unpack the, what does it mean to be an imitator of God and what is um, imitating God look like? So he, I think the two main takeaways from that was forgiving, forgiveness, because Christ 
God in Christ has forgiven us because of Christ's work on the cross. We ought to forgive one another. Mm. And then because God in Christ loved us enough to adopt us into his family, which he talked about on the second page of the notes, um, that we ought to love one another in sacrificial ways like this. So I thought those were the two big takeaways that, you know, it's nice to just have a very simple message of forgiveness and love. If we could do that well, I think we, that's a winner. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And, and you think about all the, all the, the work that, especially during the summer that the high school um, and middle school and, 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 and even the, even the kids we're, we're out in the community. We're out in the world. We're, we're going on trips. We're playing sports. We're, we're doing, you know, different activities like out, you know, our normal kind of routine is, is, is kind of, it's a different season, right? For the summer. And so it's a great opportunity just to say, man, if we could practice these things amongst ourselves, what an, what a great opportunity for people to understand the heart of God. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so that, that's, I think that's really cool. Um, Right, Sean? No, I think it's awesome. And it's funny because you you say that, you kind of summarize it as in like, oh, yeah, this is the Christian life. Just forgive and walk in love and you're good to go. Right. Like, right, let's go home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yet, man, you put that into practice, it's so much harder than that, right? And especially that, that first one, forgiveness, man, such a deep, deep topic that it sounds so Sunday schooly and easy to just say, yeah, Jesus forgave you, so forgive people, you know? And yet when it comes to just the nuance of relationships and the depths of both joys and then also just hurt and grief and resentment that can come from that forgiveness can be so much harder than that. Um, even people who love Jesus with all their heart that I know and love dearly hear all the time. I'm really struggling with forgiving this person for that thing or this, this event or whatever it is, you know? So maybe we can just take a moment and kind of dig, dig into that topic of just why even as people who have been transformed you know, who have the Holy spirit, dwelling in our hearts and guiding us still forgiveness can be a really hard thing. Right. So what are some reasons you guys think that that might be? Yeah. And, and, and I think just to, you know, back up a little bit about that is uh, the, the command to forgive is serious because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think as I was talking to a couple people yesterday about this is when Jesus says, if you don't forgive others, then the Father will not forgive you. Mm. That's heavy, mm-hmm. and so it is a. Um, it's not just like, oh yeah, let's just go around forgiving others, and and sometimes forgiveness is easier depending on the situation and the person. But sometimes it's really really hard, and you mm. might have to work on it for years. But that but the command is there, and and so yeah, I would love to explore like what what about forgiveness is difficult. And what does it really look like yeah. to forgive? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Let me let's just let's just even talk about about that, right? Like, does is Jesus saying like, hey, you know, if you're if you um, are a follower of mine, and your sins have been forgiven, you know, th- by grace through faith, uh, and then you you're harboring unforgiveness against somebody, then God's gonna go back on his forgiveness, right? He forgave you his, your, your sins at the cross, but because you're not forgiving, you know, your spouse or your neighbor or your sibling, 
now now my my forgiveness is void. Is that is that what Jesus is saying? Yeah, no, it's, it's not. But yeah. it's easy to see as if you're reading that quickly, how you might come to that conclusion, right. you know, because it's right. kind of phrased that way. But no, I think what Jesus is getting at is more that this is evidence of, of true salvation. Bingo. Yes. You know, that yes. if you actually are saved, yes. you can't not forgive right. someone. And um, it may take years. Like you were saying, Connie, it may be a process mm-hmm. you really have to walk through and you need help with. Mm-hmm. Because there's some really traumatic things that people can do to each other. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, there, there are some things that, that you, you, you may struggle with deeply, you know, in forgiving someone. And that's okay. Uh, but, but walk through that process. Don't, don't just harbor that forever. You get what well, I'm saying? Well, you know, yeah. you've, I'm sure you've met people who say, I will never forgive that person. Right. Right. right? Or mm-hmm. I can never forgive this thing, yeah, yeah. and that kind of language is is troubling. Yeah. Because, because you know, I, I'm thinking of of the one um, parable where Jesus t- uh, told the parable of the of the debtor, you know, who was forgiven much yeah. by his master, and then he goes out and can't forgive a a fellow servant a few For dollars, a much, smaller amount, a much right? smaller amount. That's one, and then that's when he says, you know, if you don't forgive others, your your heavenly Father won't forgive mm-hmm. you. But also in Matthew. Six in the um, Sermon on the Mount, after the uh, Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, it, "For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your will your Father forgive your trespasses." Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty clear, right? And so I really, I strongly agree with Sean's point. It's really a matter of the heart. And yeah. are you? Do you understand the gospel? Yeah. Do you understand what you've been forgiven? Right. It's forgiveness is, is emblematic of a follower of Christ. It's, it's, it is meant to be like, it's evidence. It's proof that you've been forgiven. Right. And, and sometimes we, like Sean, you were asking about the barriers and, you know, why why is it so hard for us to forgive? And I think certainly there, like, like I mentioned earlier, there's, there's different levels or severity of offenses um, that they can just be, they just take time. You know, it's hard for us to work through those things and, and we need help. <clears throat> but I think other times, um, part of what holds us back is a self-righteousness. And and I think to your point, Connie, it's, it's a self-righteousness that comes from not understanding the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, that we are all sinners saved by grace, that we are all broken people that have received the forgiveness of God uh, unmerited on our own, of our own, you know? And, and so for us to, to withhold forgiveness from somebody else, even though it may be hard, even though I may have to walk through a process, even though it may be really, really, um, painful. And, and maybe also it may mean that I, I have to put up some boundaries. You know, forgiveness doesn't mean I have to be best friends with everybody. You, you understand right, what I'm saying? Right, right. But, but it's like for us to not walk through that, I think one of the, one of the reasons we don't is because we think we're better than mm-hmm. the person that's offended us. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not remembering, wow, I, I'm, I'm guilty. You know, Jesus also said, if you've broken one of these laws, you're guilty of the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? That there, there's a, there's a righteous, holy standard that none of us meet, measure up to. Mm-hmm. And so when we realize those true essential aspects of the gospel, we realize that we're all kind of, you know, the foot of the cross is level ground. We're all just needy sinners saved by grace. Mm-hmm. And when we realize that, I think, it, I think I can really help us forgive. 
Yeah. And, and I don't know, it's like, um, obviously this is a process that is very much guided and enabled by the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, I think this is one of those evidences of the Holy Spirit at work in our hearts is our ability to forgive. And yeah, I, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but sometimes as followers of Christ, we, 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 we know and we, we can hear the Holy Spirit and we ignore him. Mm-hmm. Because what you're what you were scratching at of just we're self righteous, you know. And this just I just dealt this recently with Patty in a disagreement, and you know I was being not kind towards her in this in this disagreement, and I could hear the Holy Spirit or feel the Holy Spirit knocking on my heart, you know. And clearly, I was aware of where He was wanting me to go in that conversation, and instead I was like, no, no, I am justified right now. You know, I, I am, I am being wronged right now. <laughs> and obviously it's because I'm being selfish in the moment. It's because I am more concerned with what I quote unquote deserve, you know, or should be justified in than how to love this person, which is obviously not Christ-like, right? And, and this reminds me of, you know, when Paul's talking about life in the spirit in Romans 8 of just what that looks like. And that was a moment for me where I'm I'm setting my mind on a fleshly way of dealing with something, you know, it's about me, me, me versus what the spirit wants. Mm. And and I like, I love the phrasing in verse six um, in Romans eight, where he's saying, you know, he's just talked about, oh, those according to the the flesh, they they think about things of the flesh. Those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the spirit. He says, then for to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind Ouch. on the spirit is life and peace. Yeah. And that, that peace word is so critical here because this is what that means in relationships is when we are, are both parties setting our minds on the spirit, man, we have life and peace in our relationships. And that plays out through the mechanism of forgiveness and grace, right? Mm-hmm. But isn't that ironic when you're in the middle of something like that, you know, and you're all like riled up, it feels like death yeah. for yeah. you to back totally. down, yeah. you know? Um, and it feels like, no, it feels so much better to be upset. <laughs> to hold that grudge. Yeah. To, yeah. It feels like, oh, if I, you know, if I extend forgiveness, then I'm like taking a, a loss, you know, I'm making a concession. I'm, I'm, I, and I think even some of, I think the, the language of the therapeutic kind of, kind of world we're in right now, it's like. No, you you don't back down. Don't don't become a doormat. Don't don't let someone take advantage of you. You stick up for your rights, you know? And <clears throat> that that is a problematic way of thinking when it comes to the Jesus way. The Jesus way is no, you lay down your rights. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus modeled for us. He's he's he he's God. <laughs> but he laid down that the benefits of being God to enter into humanity so that we could experience the forgiveness of God. And so if that's, if that's the Jesus way, then yeah, we, it's, there's another barrier right there is our pride. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to just eat that humble pie and swallow that pride. It's, and it's a bitter pill, but like you were saying, Sean, when we do, we experience life and peace. Yeah. Wow. Something you said, just, just put a little thought in my head of just, it feels like losing to, to back down in those moments. I'm like, man, that Satan is so cunning in that, Mm -hmm. you know? Because he wants us to feel like it's it's losing to to show humility in that way, when instead every single one of those interactions is an opportunity for us to participate in Jesus's victory over sin. Mm-hmm. You know, that could be a victorious moment in showing humility, and instead, because of the world and because of Satan, we view it as this sad thing. And it reminds me of um, 
what we just went through in Second Corinthians you know, in chapter two of participating in that victory with Jesus. And right before Paul talks about that, he's talking about forgiving sinners. Mm-hmm. He's talking about, hey, the people who have wronged you, you need to turn and forgive them and reaffirm your love for them. Wow. You know, and exactly that same thing. And he says, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan for we are not ignorant of his designs. And yet it's easier for us to get outwitted when we're kind of being fueled by emotion and hurt Mm. and pain and those things. And we just forget, man, this is exactly how Satan's trying to get to us Mm -hmm. to forget the victory that we already have through Christ. Yeah. Because, because, you know, holding a grudge or being angry or resentful of something feels empowering to to many people. You know, like uh, I think I was telling you, Sean, somebody yesterday in my group, I'm sure you all have heard this saying, but it's, really funny and when it strikes you like, oh yeah, that's what it is, is resentment and unforgiveness is like drinking poison and yeah. hoping the other person dies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right? But you could see this person just like drinking poison and going, I deserve to feel this yeah. way and I'm just going to get him. I'm going to get that person yeah. and I'm just, you know, over here in the corner drinking poison wow. and yeah. hoping. And the other person's like, a lot of times they're not even thinking. They're about not it. even thinking about you. Yeah, they're moving on. You know, totally. wow. but but I do want to um, just touch on that the the really really difficult situations where it's very difficult to forgive someone because of the of the wrong that has been done yeah. to you. Yeah, um, that came up in a in a discussion group discussion last night. Is um, what if the other person doesn't even know or doesn't care or doesn't ever ask for forgiveness and they're just moving on with their happy life, you know, yeah. and yet they've or maybe ruined it's not even you. Safe. Maybe it's not even safe maybe to have interaction safe. with them. So what does that, what does forgiveness look like there? Right. That's a great, that's a great, I, I bet you guys have some great stuff in uh, my heart unveiled it. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys, this I'm gonna do some great, heart charts. Yeah, a great plug. You guys you are ha- hilarious. If you guys haven't been through, well, some of you guys might not even know that that our esteemed guest is a published author here. Wow. Uh, so we have um, a, a study that has been put together by some VBC legendary women here. It, it's called My Heart Unveiled, and if you if you haven't heard about it, what rock have you been living under? Um, <laughs> But uh, that, I, I do believe you guys have some sections that, that deal with that. So um, walk us through some of the tools that are that are in that that study. Wow, you're gonna answer served right up. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, I mean, bottom line, without going into, I mean, there are two chapters uh, in that book about forgiveness, confession, reconciliation. Beautiful, beautiful um, chapters to. Um, to go through probably multiple times in your life. But um, w- one of the things that that kind of comes out of all that is irrespective of the other person, this is a heart posture. And I think you might've said this earlier, Dan, toward the Lord. It's about mm-hmm. you and the Lord. It may be unsafe to go to the other person. right? And so there may n- never be reconciliation or there may be reconciliation, but not, there's a broken trust. Yeah. So there, there there's levels of of healing, reconciliation yeah. and healing, yeah. but forgiveness is a command. And forgiveness yeah. is something we do vertically more than horizontally. Yeah. Well, and don't you think of it as like a releasing? It is. Right? So I'm I'm not going to I mean, I think about um God God tells uh D- David tells us that that God doesn't treat us like our sins deserve. To me, that that's that's forgiveness. It's saying, "Hey, you you are guilty of this offense, and actually, you have you have uh, uh, done this offense against me, but I'm not going to hold it against you. 
I'm going to let go of that. And that's something that I think it's, it's nigh impossible without the strength of God. Sean, you mentioned the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, right? It's so hard to just let go. And, and, and Connie, that's a great point. We can, we can do that. Uh, that, that's a, that's a personal thing. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with the person who's offended you. It's just saying, am I going to, am I going to view God's forgiveness of me? Uh, am I going to view this offense in light of God's forgiveness towards me? Right. And, um, yeah, I think it, I was reading the other day, um, just this, uh, this amazing account of Jesus being anointed, uh, his feet being anointed, um, by Mary and the, I was reading the account in Luke seven and, you know, you see this, this amazing scene that that's painted is, and Jesus is reclining at the table at this Pharisee's house and this woman enters in, she's a sinner. You know, everyone knows she's a sinner. Um, but she is so moved with love and devotion towards Jesus. She is so compelled by uh, just worship. She goes in and does this scandalous thing in front of everybody. Uh, she she washes his Jesus's feet with her tears mm. and her hair, and she takes this expensive um, perfume and pours it on his head. And, you know, it's just this beautiful uh, kind of wild, crazy display of love and worship. And of course the Pharisees are, are offended and astonished. Uh, even, you know, some of the disciples are saying, this is, this is a, a wasteful gesture, a terrible, you know, waste of money. Um, and, and I think it's really amazing how Jesus answered it. And I think what it does is shows us the, the re connection between love and forgiveness. Mm. And, and I think that's what helps us do that vertical personal work between us and God of forgiveness is, is understanding how we've been loved and understanding how we've been forgiven and then living in light of that. So listen to what he, what he says in verse 41. He says, he tells us little mini, mini parable. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Okay, so you got two people that owe this money lender money, but he decides to forgive both the debts. One owes little, one owes much. And Simon answered, well, the one I suppose for whom he canceled the larger debt would love him more. And then Jesus says, you've judged rightly. Then turning to the woman who, who did this, did you see, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore, I tell you, her sins are forgiven, which are many, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And then he turns to her and says, your sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. And of course, everyone's just blown away. And this is just an amazing scene. But I'll ask you guys. Do you really think those those Pharisees, those righteous people, do you really think they had been forgiven little uh, in comparison to this, you know, this sinner who everybody knew was living this, you know, promiscuous life? 
What do you guys think? Do, do, do you think that's Jesus's point? Like, hey, you've sinned less than her. So, mm-hmm. you know, or what, what's he what's he really getting at? Yeah, I think it's kind of the same idea as like the Matthew 6 thing of like, he's not just like that wasn't saying, oh, you can't lose your, you're going to lose your yeah, forgiveness. Yeah. I don't think he's saying, oh, he's, she's been forgiven more. But I think what he's emphasizing is look at this. It's so obvious that this person has been saved. Mm-hmm. And it's so obvious that, that, that this person, by the way that they are adoring me and loving me and all this kind of stuff, that, that, that they've been given new life, you know? And I don't think he's saying, oh, they've been forgiven more than you. But I think he's pointing out, look at you. You know, look at look at your posture and your your actions in comparison to her, you know? Mm-hmm. And again, same thing as Matthew 6. Like, the proof's in the pudding and your proof's not there right now, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think absolutely. And And... I wonder if maybe that is the thing to develop. If you are struggling with unforgiveness is just, just asking yourself, like, do I, do I love Jesus because of the forgiveness that he's offered me? Mm -hmm. Am I, am I really aware of the gravity of my sin? Mm -hmm. Am I really aware of how short I fall Mm -hmm. from God's perfect standard because if if I am and I've experienced that forgiveness, then my response is going to be love. Mm-hmm. And that's the key, I think, to then extending that forgiveness to others. Don't you think, Connie? Yeah. I mean, I think that whole idea of knowing that how much you've been forgiven and humility. I mean, mm-hmm. think about these Pharisees who didn't give him water for his feet. You know, this is a customary thing, right? right? right. Doesn't give him a kiss, doesn't anoint his head. They're very prideful. They're like, well, you know, this is, you're coming to, you know, my house for dinner. They had, well, they had beef with him anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's lack of love. There's lack of understanding of what their sins are before yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And therefore, there's just a lack of love for him. And I think, I think you're, you make a really very practical point of like, if we are having issues forgiving someone for something, then really cultivating that understanding of what is what has God forgiven me of mm. in order to bring me into his family and adopt me as his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what did that take? Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus went on the cross, but, you know, I only contributed this much sin to it. It's right. like, really, if that's your posture, mm. then you're kind of, you know, you're too prideful to forgive others, you know? Yeah. So I, I think that's really good pr- practical advice. Wow. Yeah, you know, one last thought about, which we did talk a little bit about with the whole drinking the poison thing, but I just want to emphasize that, like, when it comes to forgiving people, it's kind of like, it's kind of like using your gifts to serve in church. It's like, this is not for you, you know, that's not the point. It's not for you to get something out of it. And yet God is so kind that as you serve, you do experience all these benefits of life abiding alongside him and participating in the body and all this kind of stuff. I think forgiveness is like this, where it's not about you. It's it's because you need to be obedient to the command. You need to to be Christ-like and obedient to the Holy Spirit, all kind of stuff. It's for that person, an opportunity to love them and show them grace. And yet, it's so true, like you said, that it's hurting us more than them. And that's just the nature of resentment in general and bitterness in general. If you're holding on to resentment with somebody, it's always, always, always going to hurt you more than the person you're resenting, you know? And again going back to the idea that we don't want to be blind to Satan's designs, I think he's really cunning with this because if you're holding on to bitterness and resentment, what that means is that 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 one-time hurt, what should have been a one-time hurt, is now being allowed to hurt you over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. 
you're, you're reliving this experience in your mind or your heart, even if you don't think about it very much, you're hanging on to this and Satan is using this to hurt you again and again and again. And when it should have been a one-time thing that you could let go of in the name of Jesus, you know? Um, and so anyways, all to say, man, if you're that person who's struggling with forgiveness and you're feeling hurt by this person, don't let Satan keep hurting you with that, you know? Mm-hmm participate in the grace that you have through Jesus to, to both love that person, but also just remove yourself from that trap from Satan to, mm-hmm. to, to remove yourself from that cycle of continuous hurt in that way. Yeah. Like you guys were saying, there's freedom and there's, you know, incredible peace and freedom in that. Yeah. Well, yeah, that whole thing, like, man, we could just, we could just focus on that every day. Like, Hey, this whole walking with Jesus thing is not about you. And I think it's a great callback to to the the message from Sunday is hey we're called to be imitators of God why is it so we can feel good about ourselves and and you know be you know just puffed up and proud about oh I'm like God no like the the reason that we are to be imitators of God is to reflect God to the world so that the world can look at us and and see oh that's what God's like mm-hmm. man the people of God they're different like they forgive each other. The people of God are different. They, they love each other sacrificially. There, there's something different about this kind of love. And that, that's really, I think, what, what it's all about. And, and so whether we're talking about serving the church, forgiving people, sharing our faith, inviting people, bringing people to the fairgrounds. Hello. Um, right. Just, I mean, maybe we should talk about that a little bit, like how, how it's just not about us. No, it's, a, it's a great lead in. And, you know, I'm just going to call out people because I've, I've heard this several times, especially because on Sundays I'm at the Ultima or in Livermore and it's a whopping, you know, five minute further drive from Livermore. And oh my gosh, yeah, Livermore to the fairgrounds is just, you might as well, yeah. you might as well just be booking a transatlantic flight. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's far. Never mind the fact that I drive from Pleasanton every Sunday. Anyways. You know, it's it's just always a thing. It's hard to get people to to drive to go do things as as a church family, and it just makes me sad because, for example, church of the fairgrounds. You know, I've heard from a couple people, oh man, that's so inconvenient. You know, or oh, you really want us to like drag our families out there? You know, isn't it easier to just do church in our building? And hmm. of course, it's easier to do church in our building. It'd be easier to just go in our our room and lock the door and never come out of there, you know? But that's not what Jesus calls us to, right? right. He calls us to go and make disciples of every nation. That means hard work. And so in, in the context of the fairgrounds, I'm trying to remind people, you know, that, hey, just like you're saying, this is not about us. You know, it's not about Sean and Dan and Connie. It's not about the various people in our ministries who are serving. It's not about all everyone just attending. This is an opportunity for us to be a light and to serve people around us. And so we are fully aware that it is less convenient and it'll take some extra getting up early and getting your family ready to come to the fairgrounds. But we really hope that you're seeing that, that, that this is a potential and opportunity for you to participate as a whole church family, you know, to, to, to go somewhere where people wouldn't normally hear the message of, of Jesus Christ, you know, who wouldn't normally hear the sounds of voices raised mm-hmm. unanimously praying raising him. Like what an opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. And you might not feel like your family being there has much of a difference or not, but it absolutely does. You know, this is an opportunity for you to participate in glorifying God publicly. And man, if even just one person either inviting, invited a neighbor or a coworker, or if it's someone just walking by at the fairgrounds, if one person hears a message of Jesus Christ for the first time in their lives, like that would have all been so worth it, yeah. you know? And this is me and Dan are going to be there at six in the morning. Like we yeah. get, this is inconvenient for us, you know, but we're just so 
grateful for the opportunity that God has given us at the fairgrounds to be a light in that way. So, well, and, and it's, they've asked us to do this yep. and it almost feels like every year I'm like, yeah, is this worth it? And, and it's like, it's just a golden opportunity because without fail every year, people from the car show just wander in, you mm-hmm. know, people without fail every year, people, um, you know, bring their coworkers or their unsaved unchurched families, members or neighbors. And, and people have come to be part of our church because of the exposure there. People have come to, to faith in Christ because they heard the gospel there. So it's worth it. It's totally worth it. And, um, you know, it's easy, I think, especially when we do things as a church kind of year after year, it's easy to kind of like lose the focus. Like, why are we doing this again? Cause there are some elements of it. That's fun. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a cool atmosphere down there. We get to see people from both campuses. We get to serve together, you know, as, as a, as a church, one church and the yeah, other, some elements of fun to it for sure. Um, but let's not forget the purpose of mm-hmm. it. And yeah. And let's not forget the, the privilege of being able to worship outside in public because if we were in China or Russia or many, many other countries, we would not be allowed to do this. Right. That's a great, so this is a real privilege and to be public. So public in our love and devotion to the Lord. I hadn't even thought of that. That is, that is a huge, um, a huge factor. And yeah, something we definitely don't want to take for granted. And, Mm -hmm. and who knows, maybe it won't always be like that here in America. Right. Yeah. We don't know. And I'll I'll just end that rant by saying, hey, if you're not going to be there on, on Sunday Church at the Fairgrounds for whatever reason. You better have a good excuse. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I was going to say, <laughs> we, we forgive you. Oh, oh that's good. wow. That's good. And, and we are streaming for those that can't. Thanks for it. being such but, a good model there. But, please, but hey, the streaming could could uh, could break could halfway break. through because we're not sure how the internet connection is going to be. So don't rely on that. Don't rely on that. Come mm. and be with us in person and sh- and watch it after the fact if you need to. And if you're bringing any um, any folks that are, you know, brand new to the church, I heard a rumor that we can take them out to lunch at Sultan's Kebab or something, Ooh. right? Right? Yeah, no, seriously. If you And this offer goes for anybody. If you bring someone, introduce them to a pastor elder, we would love to buy them lunch and just get to know them and, and hang out with them. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to Haps. Forget forget Sultan's Kebab. Tim said he's paying, so I'm going to filet mignon. Well, okay, just fixings. I have to do a little plug for HSM, though, because HSM will get a little proceed, a little, a little donation from Sultan's Kebab. So if you if you like and, and, Mediterranean. And Valley Bible Worship will be at Haps. So if you, if you want to, we're doing a fundraiser with Haps. They, they promised to... Uh, Give us a little kickback. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to start getting giving envelopes. Please don't give any to the music team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Too extravagant. Uh, all right, uh, y'all. Hey, we hope that the, the Holy Spirit uses just this time, if you're still with us, um, just to encourage you, you know, and do some work with you. And maybe there's someone in your life right now that you've been prompted through this time to follow up with, you know, and just do some work of maybe you didn't even realize you were hanging on to some kind of bitterness or whatever it is. And now's a good time. To, to, to let go of that and, again, participate in Jesus's victory over Satan in that way by offering grace and forgiveness. Amen. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I want to say one thing, too. Just we are big believers here at VBC in, um, like, mediated meetings, mm-hmm. right? So if you're having trouble reconciling with somebody, whether it's a spouse or a roommate 
or coworker, whatever, we have just seen a lot of really amazing healing and fruit come from sitting down with a non-biased objective party Mm -hmm. who has some experience in mediation and conflict resolution. Many of our pastors and staff here and elders are are quite skilled at, at that. And, and even, you know, I'll just share this like super, this is super, um, vulnerable here and didn't plan to say this, but a couple months ago, Sean and I were kind of having some beef. I don't know if you remember that, Sean. I don't recall. Oh, <laughs> shut up. He's so, forgiving you. Yeah, exactly. So, and things, things were just getting a little sour, you know, between us and, uh, a couple elders n- caught wind of it and they said, Hey, let's just sit down and just hash it out. And I just feel like that was so productive and fruitful and just mm-hmm. healing, you know? And, and I think we're just in a m- much stronger place now as friends, you know, and, and as co-laborers uh, for the gospel. So, yeah, I think a lot of times people don't do it because it's messy or or it's complicated to coordinate the details or or they just don't think it actually works. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we could all three testify that, man, we've seen some amazing, miraculous mm-hmm. healing happen. Just people sitting down in a room and praying and talking together, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's that simple sometimes. Um, yeah, so I don't know. If, if, if you're like, okay, I... I, I, I've done the work of forgiving on my own, but I'm still kind of at odds with this, this person and, and it's still funky or, and it's, and you'd like it to get better. Reach out to us. You know, That's we, good. we can help. That's good. Mm. Thank you, Dan. For it being is simple. Vulnerable. Yeah. Keep it simple. Saints. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see you this Sunday. Come around nine 30 to the Alameda County fairgrounds for just a party as we uh, glorify God together at the event. And then, of course, we'll see you the Thursday after that at Extol. Whoop, whoop. We're just going to keep it on going. Keep praising the Lord. And then, of course, we'll catch you next week for Behold. Love you all. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.